In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give me thanks and praise for the season of Christmas, season of the birth of Jesus. As well, Lord, we ask you to bless us and grace us for a new year, a new start, always grow in your graces. Amen. Every year around Thanksgiving, I have a conversation with myself about the season. Right? Like you're entering into Thanksgiving, there's going to be a lot of food, there's going to be a lot of sweets, Everyone's, every gathering is going to be cookies and eggnog and pacha and kalecha and just, just don't. Just don't. And I say, I promise I won't. And then every year I go to confession for lying because... <coughs> Just I don't know what happens. Every year we just enter into the season and it's just there's just food and just gatherings and parties and they're like, yeah, whatever, the new year's coming up, we'll just die in the new year. And like my sister made pacha and it was her first time making pacha with her mother-in-law. And she made like the biggest kebaya I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, Well, I have to eat it. So I made a bowl of it and like halfway through it I was like, Man, this is a lot of pacha, but I have to finish it. I can't not finish it. I've already put lemon and pepper on it. And then, like, that was my meal for, like, three days. Like, so, like, this, like, a lot of food and just, like, and yet, here we are, New Year's Eve, Christmas season, entering into it. So it's very common in, uh, for like, a lot of people, a lot of cultures. Like, the new year starts, and then we're like, all right, I'm going to really try to get healthier. And it usually ends up being around, like, like food or work, all these type of things that end up being in the season of, of the new year to, to want to better ourselves, usually for, like, appearances or for health stuff, which is fine. I think that's a very fine thing. I think it's a very beautiful thing to enter into it for a new start. Now, there's something called Exodus 90, which I preached about before, uh, and there's a woman equivalent called Magnify 90. What it starts is it's 90 days from, uh, 90 days before Easter of, of fasting, of prayer, of all these things to enter into, to really rejuvenate yourself, to restart yourself. By happenstance, this year Easter's super early, so Exodus 90 starts tomorrow. Tomorrow is 90 days, January 1st, is 90 days until the resurrection of Jesus. Now what this program is, it's like, the, for, for men, it's focused on, you can't drink alcohol, you can't drink sugary things, you give, give up warm showers, you have to take cold showers, you give up screens, video games, television, streaming, scrolling, social media, you give up all of these things and you fast from meat on Wednesdays and Fridays. There's a, there's a very intense way of entering into it. And for women, it's a, little, it's a little lighter, but the two things that are added are no makeup on Wednesdays and Fridays and no unnecessary shopping. Two things that men can care less about, so that's more focused on women. For men, it's a little bit more focused on the aesthetical life, the, the sacrificial nature of life. Now, when I pray with that, oftentimes you can look at it and say, well, it's just about the practicalities, it's just like dieting, all these type of things, it's just like living a healthier life and exercising every single day and, and, and sleeping seven hours a night. It's part of the Exodus 90, is exercise and, and fa- fasting from certain sugary things and alcohol, all these things. But part of it, it's an essential part of the program, because it's a spiritual program, is a daily hour of prayer, 60 minutes of praying. And of those 60 minutes, 20 minutes are required silence. To just be quiet, be a little bored, be reflective, be self-aware, and to better yourself as a human being, especially as a man for Exodus 90, that program there. 
So why is that so important? Because if you enter into the new year, like new year, new me, all these type of things, and it's just about health or wealth or all these things, which are fine, and it's not about bettering yourself and your character and your life, being self-aware, which is a very big part of prayer and self-reflection, then it's empty, right? There's got to be some more to it. There can be more to the new year than just, than just these, these food things. So because the, the gospel today, we have these three examples of individuals or groups of people and how they've left a legacy, how they and their self, their self-awareness, their self-reflection, how they live their lives. You have the Magi, you have Herod, and Joseph. Because Magi are these people who are aware, they're self-reflective. They lived, they were probably very, very wealthy to have the ability to, one, not have to work the fields, they could just observe the stars. And because of that, they left where they were, went on a two-year journey, right? Because that's the time that he had, that Herod had gotten from the Magi. Two years. Two years, and it's not just like they hopped on a plane and got there. This is like a caravan. You had to leave your country. You have to have a lot of wealth to leave to pay for that journey and to pay for the journey back. And then to give these gifts, expensive gifts. So they left that wealth, but they were self-aware. They approached the child Jesus, and they said, there's got to be something amazing about this child. They didn't understand it. They were probably pagans. But they're like, this is something amazing. They were just reflecting and being aware of themselves. Or Herod, as really the opposite way, where he was so desirous of his own power, so desirous of his own ability to control, that he literally murdered children for his own power and success. And then he died. And what's his legacy? A self-righteous, arrogant, power-seeking murderer. That's his legacy. Imagine if his legacy was this. Imagine if he was more self-reflective and self-aware. Oh, there's a king in, in, there's a new king of the Jews. Let me go be his friend. Imagine if Herod walks in and sees Mary and Joseph and the child Jesus and says, this child is going to be great. I want him in my court. Brings him to his house. Brings him to his home. Feeds him. Nurtures him. Houses him. All these great things. That could have been Herod's legacy. That could have been Herod's story. It's not. Because he was so self-absorbed unreflective that he was a murderous, power-hungry, terrible leader. Or Joseph, who's so aware of God, so aware of himself and his responsibilities that he lives his entire life, goes to Egypt, a new country, a new world, a new language, then lives his entire life, and doesn't go back to Bethlehem or Jerusalem, which is where his family's from, goes to Nazareth. And Nazareth is like Podunk, nothing, small townville, and just lives a simple poverty life. And he's happy to do it. And then he just disappears in the gospel. So his entire legacy, now now there's churches named after him. People's names are named after him. Now I don't know a single person named Herod, named after Herod, because he wanted to live his powerful life, to be self-aware and self-reflective and to grow. So where do we fall into this? How do we allow ourselves to be better? How do we allow ourselves to leave a good legacy but not just be like, okay, well, New Year, I'm going to lose some weight. New Year, I'm going to get harder at work. I'm going to make some more money. But not also, in the New Year, I'm going to grow in holiness. In the New Year, I'm going to do what God asks of me. And to do that, we have to enter into prayer. So I'd really challenge you as we start. It's a beautiful time of year to do this. Where is God calling you? And maybe you can't do the whole Exodus 90 thing. Every year, it's always this, this thing where part of part of Exodus 90, everybody has a problem with like one of the things. And the cold showers are a deal breaker for a lot of people. Like a cold shower, I'm like cold shower. They're like, can it be like kind of 
lukewarm, warm, cold-ish. I'm like, just take a cold shower, right? It's amazing to me. Like, we live such comfortable, amazingly comfortable lives that like a five-minute cold shower, like, that's a deal breaker. I just can't do that. Is it challenging? Is it uncomfortable? Sure. Does everything in our lives have to be super comfortable? Is that what God has called us to do? Is to just chill, relax, eat, drink, and be merry? No, the gospel is quite against that. But to be different, to be more, to detach yourselves from the comforts of this world and realize that, like St. Joseph, like the Magi, we're seeking God. We're seeking to do the will of God. And you want your legacy to be one of service to God, to be more patient, to be more calm when you're reflective, when you're more rested, when you're not just scrolling all day. You can be aware of the world around you. You can be the better husband, better father, better wife, better mother, better whomever, because you're calmer, simpler life. So I challenge you. You don't want to do Exodus 90? You don't have to. But look into some of it. To look into praying more. Look into fasting more. Whatever it might be, so that you can be the better man, the better woman that God is calling you to be. Amen. Amen.